When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's our Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Dan Lobby, and today we've got two segments for you. We've got our Picks Pod, and we went live with our Football Insider subscribers for this edition of the Picks Pod. So we pick all four games, and then we spend a lot of time talking about the Browns and the Chiefs game uh, and looking ahead to that football game in the first segment. And then in the second segment, uh, Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Star joined us to preview the Kansas City Chiefs. So make sure you check all that out. Now, if you want to get involved in stuff like this, because look, if the Browns win on Sunday, we're going to do another one of these next week. And of course, we'll do our post-game show after the game regardless. So you want to get involved in Football Insider, head to cleveland.com slash Browns and click on the blue banner at the top of the page to get more information, get yourself signed up, get into our texting. It's well worth it. You'll love it. Everybody who signs up for it really does enjoy it. So enough from me. On to our Friday podcast. Hey everybody, and welcome to our Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I am Dan Lobby, and we are joined, as always, here for our Picks Pod uh, with our usual panel of pickers. And then instead of just one texter today, we got a whole bunch of texters in uh, as we're doing kind of a a live preview show for uh, the divisional round. We're going to do our picks, and then we're going to talk some Browns here um, till about uh, probably around 8 o'clock, maybe a little bit before um we'll we'll talk some browns and get you ready for browns chiefs so uh i will introduce the panel we did we all did okay last week i went four and two but we'll uh, lead off with ellis here who went five and one a week ago let down only by the buffalo bills who let us all down it was a clean sweep we all picked the bills uh they let us down by not covering that game but ellis five and one last week yeah, if we're all on a, the same team this week, fade us. Clearly, we've got a track record of doing that. But, yeah, happy to be back on track. Uh, what I love about playoff football is it's so matchup-driven, and when you look at data and watch film, um, you should probably be a little more accurate when you're picking these games. So I like this week, too. Let's get after it. Doug Maurice is with us as well. Four and two uh, last week. Again, tripped up by the Bills like all of us, and also tripped up by the Washington football team not by much, though, like a point. So uh, you, you came close on that one. And I think it was seven and a half when we did it. I think it moved to eight and a half by the time the game was played, and they won by eight. So I'm not yeah. trying to claim that I won. That's how close <laughs> I was to winning. And I'm sorry that I'm meeting, but the coach I used to cover got a new job today, so it's been busy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's life covering football. Uh, and Mary Kay last week, uh, three and three. Uh, the Bills, like I mentioned, gotcha. You followed me into the Bears abyss for some reason. And then Russ Wilson. Thank God, Mary Kay, you don't have to deal with Russ Wilson anymore this year. Oh, my season. God. That was th- I was 0 for 3 picking Russ, so no more. <laughs> all right, so so here's what we're going to do. We're going to pick the uh, all four of the divisional games. I have some polls set up for our uh, the folks who are sitting here on the Zoom with us 
to take as we go along. We'll see if I can actually make those work this time. If I can't, you know, apologies. Uh, and then, you know, we'll talk some Browns towards the end of this and, and we'll try and take some questions uh, and things like that. Uh, when we get to that point, and you can certainly do this now to jump in that chat uh, and ask away if, if you want to comment on something, you know, we'll all see it if you, if you do that. So uh, open up that participants panel and jump in that chat uh, if you want to do that. And then, like I said, we'll open things up and try and take some questions uh, a little bit later. So let's see here if I can get this, uh, this working here. The first game that we're going to pick is the Rams and the Packers. So let's see. There we go. Poll is up. Go ahead and stick your vote in there uh, if you can. Uh, we've got the Packers favored by six and a half is what I have in this game. So Ellis, why don't you lead us off and tell us who you've got? Wow, this is I'm I first am taking in this poll that just jumped up on my screen. I'm watching the data roll in. This is this is fascinating. I wasn't quite ready for this. Dan, you are one of a kind, Greenberg well, Jr. We'll see if we can get to uh, we'll see if we can get the second poll to work. This might be a one off, but we got the first one going. We still got a whole show to do. You're right. All right. So, like I said, this whole slate of games, I feel really confident about. Um, again, playoff football is all about matchups. You watch these teams, you study these teams. And this is probably the toughest matchup the Green Bay Packers could have landed. Um, the, the Rams have the best defense in football, uh, led by Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. They're running some really creative schemes. They're giving uh, opposing offenses all sorts of trouble. The Seahawks had a great game plan last week, and it didn't matter. Their offense looked terrible. And we could get into the X and those why, but just trust me on this. The Rams have the best defense in football. The Packers have a history uh, Mike Pettin defense of not being able to stop downhill running football teams, wide zone teams that commit to the run, who run on third down. Think of what happened to the 49ers last year. And that's what the Rams did to the Seahawks. I think they're going to do it again, a play action offense that will be able to score enough points. Their defense contains Aaron Rodgers. And I think six and a half is way too big of a number. And I'm actually taking the Rams to win outright. Ooh, interesting. I'm, to I'm torn on this one because I'm, I'm kind of in on Green Bay being really good. And I think they've shown they can compete with like physical football teams now, which was a question last year. But I'm with you with that Rams defense. And I, you know, Jared Goff has the thumb. Jalen Ramsey is, is a shutdown corner. It seems like Aaron Donald is going to play. Uh, but I'm going to say this. There's something that you have to guard against when you get to this second round. And sometimes we forget about teams. Now, it's not as bad this year because only one team in each conference had a bye, but sometimes we forget about teams. So we watch six games, wild card weekend, and we get really, whoa, that team was really good. Did you see how that team looked? Uh, and then we kind of forget, like, the Packers got the bye. They were the best team in the NFC. The Chiefs got the bye. They were the best team in the AFC. We'll get to that. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fade you on this one, Ellis. I'm going to go with the Packers minus the six and a half coming off the bye to uh, this might just be the end of the road for a beat up Rams team uh, with a quarterback who's hurt. I could see Blake Bortles getting thrown into this game, which would not be good uh, for the Rams. So I'm going to go Packers minus six and a half. That'd be really bad for the Rams. <laughs> Doug, what about you? Are you sure Blake Bortles isn't better than Jared Goff? Well, <laughs> Ellis, when you said you picked the Rams to win outright, you know Jared Goff is the quarterback for the Rams, right? I do. I do. Um, Jared Goff plays atrociously in cold weather. I know the data is all out there. Um, his yards per game is like under 100 in those games and under 
32 degrees, but the Rams are three and one in those games. So they really don't need Jared Goff to play well, but continue Doug. So I thought last week, so they played the backup as the starter last week, right? And then Jared Goff got to come in and be the hero. And now he has to be the guy. And when you're, and I liked the Rams last week, but when your team is at a point where it's like, oh, did you hear the backup that nobody ever heard of before? He's out for this week. It's like, oh man, they've got to play golf. I don't like that. That's not a team I want to bet on. So Jared Goff last week in victory as the Rams scored 30 points was nine of 19 for 155 yards. Um, I don't think Sean, you know, I said that when they said Wolford's out for this week. Um, I think that's what Sean McVay did. I think they said, Hey, Sean, uh, you got to play Jared. And I think he went, Oh, I have to play my highly paid starting quarterback this week. So I'm taking, I get it. I see the people in the chat saying Jalen Ramsey's going to shut down Devontae Adams. I often on this podcast, we just pick quarterbacks. I mean, we all do. It's like, so it's like, all right, my analysis is Aaron Rodgers is better than Jared Goff. I know it's beyond that, but I don't care that it's beyond that. Aaron Rodgers is better than Jared Goff. I'm giving the six and a half. I'll take the Packers. Okay. I, I am going to take the Rams and the points. Uh, the last two times uh, this MVP candidate played against the number one defense in NFC championship games, he lost. Uh if Aaron Donald plays, these guys are incredibly tough. Jalen Ramsey, uh, I, I just think that the playoffs, it's a different animal. It's just a different animal. Uh, obviously, Rodgers, I think he, I think he's the MVP. 48 touchdowns, 121.5 rating. They're dynamite on play action. 20 play action touchdowns this season. I think that's highest in the NFL. Um, but I, I still think the Packers are going to win, but I don't think that they're going to win by six and a half. So I'm taking the Rams and the points. Okay. And our, our official texter pick, sorry to the 30% of you that did not pick this, but our official texter pick is going Packers uh, minus six and a half, 70% to 30% on that one. All right. Uh, let's see here. I click end polling. Okay. We're going to do share results. See, look at that. I can figure this thing out on the fly, right? <laughs> okay now let's see here i'll see it restarted it well maybe i'm not going to have the second game up as we talk we'll figure out this uh this second game here as i uh wrestle with the polling so the baltimore ravens and the buffalo bills uh the bills minus two and a half at home against the ravens so let's start with mary Kay on this one what do you think I'm going to take the Bills to cover. This is such a tough, tough pick. And what a game I think this is going to be. Uh, I think the world of, of Josh Allen. Uh, and, but I also really like Lamar and all the cool things that he can do. Uh, how amazing that three of the class of 2018 quarterbacks are in these playoffs. That, that's pretty cool. Uh, but anyways, I digress. I think... Uh, Part of, some of the reasons it's going to be an amazing game, Buffalo, number two in yards, number two in scoring, 31.3 points, number three in pass offense. Obviously, that connection between Josh and Diggs is amazing. But then you have to remember, those Ravens uh, gave, gave up only 18.9 points per game this season. Last weekend, they gave up the fewest yards in the, NF, in the NFL playoffs, 209. Uh, 
so it's it's gonna it's going to be one hell of a game. Uh, but I don't know. I just feel like there's something about the Bills this year. There's something about them, both offensively and defensively, taking them to cover. Doug, here's your moment, your Josh Allen moment. No, I think I, I, he's good. I don't. I mean, I think I. I think I lose. I think I've lost that one. I surrender to Josh Allen. I thought, uh, you know, the polls running. I thought maybe this would be one where where people are are thinking upset with the Ravens that the Ravens um, are hot. The Bills, you know, didn't dominate the Colts last week. Um, but I'm taking Buffalo. I think I think Buffalo sort of basically just continues to do um, what it's done the whole year. And uh, I don't have much analysis beyond that. As I as I said before. Urban Meyer got a job today, so I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, but I like. How do I not? I don't know. It's not. It's not a big line. I have to do if they win by the same amount they won last week. They cover, so I'll give two and a half with the Bills. Ellis. So the matchup here favors Buffalo for this reason. The Ravens run a ton of man-to-man defense, and the Bills shred man coverage, as you can imagine. They mentioned Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley. They're smaller receivers. They wiggle. They get free. It really doesn't matter who the Bills have faced against man coverage. Um, Because of what I just mentioned with the receivers, also Josh Allen's ability to extend plays and make any throw and drop back into the pocket, even when they blitz. Ravens also lead the league in blitzing. It doesn't matter. Josh Allen has been great against the blitz this year, great against man coverage this year. So you would think this is a, a Ravens loss. However, I'm going to go the other way only because I was really disappointed in what I saw from the Bills last week against the Colts. They really should have lost that game. Quite frankly, there's a few spots I could go here. But just if you remember the end of the game, a lot of questionable clock management stuff. The Colts took a timeout before the two-minute warning, got the ball back, threw like a three-yard check down, ran the ball on third and one, couldn't even get past the 50 before clock was expiring. And Phil Rivers threw a Hail Mary that he couldn't even reach the end zone on. Bills got lucky. I think Baltimore is on fire. Lamar is going to run all over a Bills defense that really doesn't threaten anybody. And I think the Bills start slow. The Ravens jump on them, and then they can maintain that lead. And I'm getting, what, two and a half. So I'll, I'll take the Ravens, again, to win outright. But for the sake of the show, the points are nice. So I am going to do um, – you know, I feel like the Bills will win this game. And I know this is weird, but just like when the line is two and a half. But I'm going to take um, – I'm going to take the Ravens plus two and a half. I, I still really like the bills. I still like what, what Josh Allen does, but I think that Ravens defense, you know, against the Titans, I kind of felt like that game was going to be a shootout. And, you know, it concerns me that the Ravens struggled a little bit against a really bad Titans defense, but it's also encouraging to me that the Ravens played pretty well um, defensively against that Titans offense. So talking in circles here, I'm going to go the Ravens uh, plus the two and a half here. I think this is going to be a really fun game. This might be the game of the weekend. Uh, again, the Ravens kind of involved in that game of the weekend. So I'm going to take them plus two and a half, which goes against all of our viewers right now who went 60% in favor of the bills in this one. So that goes down as our official texter pick. Again, my apologies to the 40% of you that agree with Ellis and I, and are going to be right on this. Uh, who took the Ravens. So 60% say, uh, say the Bills. Okay, we're going to obviously skip the Browns game and get to that one last. Uh, so now we move on to the Saints and the Bucks. We've got the Saints uh, at three points in this one, favored by three points. 
So uh, Doug, why don't you start us off on this one? So I've gone back and forth on this, and I think I went back and forth again in the last 11 seconds. I'm going to take the Saints because it's not really what I think. So again, I don't mean to be doing terrible analysis, but I don't trust myself anymore. I really do feel like like this Tom Brady has this opportunity. Um, the Saints were good last week, but I, it it's like Tom Brady in the playoffs, and I don't know if he just is like zeroed in on this wanting to get to this Aaron Rodgers matchup, or if if Ellis is right, like is Tom Brady going to like back into the playoffs by beating the Rams in the NFC Championship game? So I was ready to take that, but I'm going to flip it. I'm going to take the Saints. Um, they're all to, again, I sort of why I picked them last week and why I liked them a lot last week, even given a big number, is like they haven't really been themselves. They're getting back to being themselves. I, I really have no idea on this. Can you edit this part out, Dan? Do you edit the podcast ever? Do you go through oh. and just take out chunks? Well, I, people... I do, I do, but uh, not when if you're If I say here. a swear word right now, would I make you edit it out? The inane <laughs> lack of analysis in this pick, I take the Saints. <laughs> We're keeping it in. We're keeping it in no matter what. I can always, I can always bleep. I'll do that. Just bleep, bleep me for like 40 seconds. Doug says <laughs> bleep Saints. <laughs> All right. I am going to go with the Bucks in this one. I know that the Saints have sort of had their way with Tom Brady and the crew, but um, I, I don't know. There's something weird about this Bucks team. I, I think they, um, I think they're feeling good about things right now. And you know, I know Washington isn't anything to write home about, and I know beating them by, you know, not very much is is not something to brag about. But I do think that uh, the way Tom has played kind of that legacy he's trying to build while Bill Belichick is sitting at home watching these games. I don't know. I'm going to ride with Tom on this one and I'm going to take the bucks uh, plus the three points. Ellis, what about you? I hope listeners of the picks pod by now know how I feel about play at Tom Brady, which probably tips my hand on how I'm picking this game. But let me explain myself before stating the obvious. This of course, like you guys have laid out is a tough matchup. For the Bucks, uh, the Saints have had their way with Tampa Bay. There is something about beating a team three times that you know we don't need to waste time discussing. And I think that's important to remember because this is not the same Bucks team that played New Orleans. Whatever it was, they played twice early in the year. It was like week nine, ten, something like that. It's been it's been like a good month and a half since they've met. And watching that Washington game, this Bucks offense looks more a lot I don't want to say a lot more like 50% more of a Patriots offense they were in more heavy formations last week Cameron Braid had like five catches for 80 yards while they kept uh, Robert Gronkowski in blocking not that Gronk wasn't on the field they were in two tight end looks but Gronk is the blocker throw Cameron Braid in there to make the receptions um, Antonio Brown's gonna have a great opportunity here to win in first man coverage and I think this is the reason you brought Antonio Brown in um, he, I think he scores twice in this one. He's the guy that needs to win because Mike Evans has had a tough time against um, Marshawn Lattimore. And when it comes to the Saints, it, I don't have data on this outside of a win-loss record, but they just don't show up in big moments. Um, I'm from Minnesota, so you know I can I can sh- talk about the the couple times the Vikings have upset the Saints in the playoffs recently. Um, a few years ago, I picked the Rams to beat the Saints in the NFC Championship and they kicked like three field goals in the red zone that week. It Just for whatever reason, the Saints fall flat in big moments, even at home. So 
I'm not scared. I wasn't scared of him then, not scared of him now. I think playing Tom Brady wins this game. And then as Doug mentioned, as I was laying this out, it kind of is a backdoor play into the Super Bowl because I got the Rams winning. And there you go. Are we doing the pick spot next week? I just made it one down the road, but there we are. Of course we're doing the pick spot next week. Why wouldn't we? <laughs> Mary Kay. We're going to be doing the picks pod next week for uh, other reasons, which we will get to later. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> That's a tease. <laughs> but um, I have, uh, I'm taking Tampa Bay in the points here. I've learned over all these many years that, you know, you just really don't want to uh, bet against Tom Brady too many times over the last four weeks, they have averaged 499 yards and 38.3 points over their last uh, four weeks. So they're getting hot at the right time. Uh, and then uh, in, as Ellis mentioned, Antonio Brown coming on strong. Chris Godwin is really hot right now. They also have the number one run defense. They've allowed uh, over 100 yards only four times this entire season. So that should come in handy against the magic man, uh, Alvin Kamara. So in the geriatric bowl, I'm taking Tampa Bo Tampa Bay in the points. Closest oh, Mary Kay with the heaters. <laughs> I would like to add that in my lack of analysis, that Tyler Heineke gave the Bucks all they could handle last week. And now it's Drew Brees. And I know Drew Brees is old, but or maybe Heineke's just a better quarterback than Drew Brees and Taysom Hill. I don't or maybe Taylor Heineke is just like the sixth best quarterback in the NFL and nobody ever knew it. And that's why he was like <laughs> selling insurance the week before. Maybe that I'll take true breeze. Well, we, we got a close vote in this one. 53% uh, say the saints uh, are going to win this one. So this was our, our closest vote uh, to date. And I think it's going to proceed probably what is not going to be our, our closest vote uh, tonight because uh, we are all going to pick the Browns game right now. So we've got the Browns and the Chiefs. And this line is big. We've got the Chiefs favored by 10 points in this one. And so, you know, for the purpose of this podcast, we're picking the game. We're not necessarily declaring who we think will win, although I think we might all say that here. It won't, you know, eventually we'll send our, our picks into the paper. Uh, and, and those are those are kind of our official picks. But um, as we're recording this here on Thursday, the Browns and the Chiefs with the Chiefs favored by 10 points. Uh, I mean, I'll just start here. I just think this is going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. And I just don't think this Browns team is going to lose to the Chiefs by double digits. I, I think uh, you know, I'm thinking somewhere in the neighborhood of 42-39. I'm not ready to pick the Browns to, to beat the Chiefs yet. Maybe that'll change in the next day or two. But I'm certainly not ready to say the Browns are going to lose by 10 points uh, to this team. Coming off a bye, having played by the time they kick off in 20-some days. I'm, I'm going to take the Browns plus the 10 here. Ellis, what do you think? Dan, I'm with you. This line is way too high. Let's just start with a simple points per game equation. Cleveland averages 20, about 27 a game. Chiefs about 30. Uh, the Browns have scored 32 points or more seven times this year. Three times I've gone over 40. I, I just don't see a, a world where even if it's a backdoor cover, 
the, the Browns are going to be in this game. The, the, the offense, as I've been looking at the data, studying the tape, I don't think they have much of an issue moving the ball in this game. They're going to face third downs. They're going to be an empty Baker Mayfield's going to have to make throws, but it's all the throws he made last week. You know, Jarvis Landry winning in the middle on, a, on an option route. Austin Hooper for seven. It, those are plays Baker's proven he can make, so I'm confident he can make them. And, and like you, I haven't landed on a winner yet as we go into got to watch the tape tomorrow and eventually we, you know, we get to the weekend and make those picks. I'll, I'll land on something. But as I'm crafting you know, ways the Browns can win this football game, there's, there's a few avenues. Uh, I think controlling the ball is extremely important. Now, that's not a cliche where it's like run the ball and control the game. No, they can throw and still control the game. They've already done it. It was the New York Giants game. Um, in that game, they had uh, a 13-play drive that went 75 yards, took six minutes off, 10-play drive, 95 yards, took five minutes off, and then a 14-play drive that actually totaled 115 yards. There was penalties in there, of course, but went 95 yards and took eight minutes off the clock. I mean, that's some Madden stuff where you're just like, all right, man, you know you can't beat me, so you just run the whole time and you don't get the ball for old quarter. I mean, to take eight minutes off the clock in an NFL game is just incredible. And I, they, they did it three times in New York. I think they're going to have to double that. You know, they're going to need five or six double-digit drives that end in a touchdown, but I think they're capable uh, then, as I said, capitalize on the big plays. The Raiders had, when they beat the Chiefs, had seven plays of over 32 y- yards. Um, six of them were passes. Uh, I think this is a big Jarvis Landry game. Kaderil Hodge is coming back. Perhaps he's the guy who uh, hits on a big, uh, a deep post, 40-yard post route. They'll, they'll probably run Jarvis Landry on a deep over. This is from the Raiders game, watching that tape. And then they throw a, a post route behind. Kaderil Hodge has a nice comeback. Um and then again, I think it's another Austin Hooper performance. And then we know what the running backs can do. And I love how Doug brought this up and got to watch the tape. As you could see this game ending where they're just using Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt for the last five minutes and Patrick Holmes doesn't even get on the field. I, not make my prediction, but I'm saying that this spread is way too large for all those reasons I laid out. And then the simple fact that the Chiefs could just come out flat. They haven't played for 20 days and they've been known to start slow to begin with. So for all those reasons, it's a, it's a one possession game, not a 10 point game. Doug? So, you know how many times in their last eight games the Chiefs have won by more than 10? None. How many? (laughs) None. So the line is bonkers. And now I've used the term sucker line at times on this podcast. I don't know, and I said it before, if it's like, oh, the Chiefs were bored. Oh, shoot, they're going to score 80. Like, it's just like, oh, we might realize it in the first eight minutes and be like, oh, darn it what they've been doing for the whole second half of the season, like it's not them. They were whatever, for whatever reason, saving this up, but I don't think that's the case. There's a chance that we're all going to be wrong. I I think everybody in Cleveland. And I think a lot of people around the country are going to come around to the idea that the very least the line is too big. And now there's a part of me that feels like I have Stockholm syndrome because like you can start analyzing things here that really make you think the Browns can win. And it's like, is it just because we're here and we are all are together and everybody, I, all we talk about is the Browns. And like, that's just how we're so because, but it feels like, no, 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 I'm stepping back. And there's a million different ways with how these two teams match up, especially with the defense. If Denzel Ward and Ronnie Harrison are pretty close to themselves, man, 
Like it, you really feel like you can get there. So I'm, I haven't looked at it enough. I'm not there, but I am definitely at take the points. And I'll be curious to see if this line comes down at all by kickoff. Cause 10 just really feels really, really high. And I wonder if anybody else is going to come around on, this is a much closer game and does it, does it move, but I'll take the points with the Browns. Mary Kay. Well, I'm going to, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go back to about a month ago or whatever it was. And I, I just, I have to remind you, Dan and Ellis, when you guys almost ridiculed me for suggesting that perhaps <laughs> the Browns might be able to beat the chiefs. Dan said, we are not suggesting on this podcast <laughs> warning. <laughs> This is a family podcast. We are not suggesting on this podcast that there's any way that the Browns could beat the Chiefs. Ellis you know, said, "Now this part I'll bleep out." <laughs> Especially this next part. Bleep, bleep this next part out. I know what the you're going to say. Part is Ellis said there is zero chance, zero chance that the Chiefs can beat the Browns. So, with she's that, got the receipts. She's got the receipts. <laughs> with that little backdrop, um, I'm just going to put it out there right now. I'm going to pick the Browns to beat the Chiefs in this game. I'm picking them to beat the Chiefs. And I'm not insane and I'm not crazy. There's something, the Browns woke up. The Browns are extremely hot and they want this really, really badly. They want it. They've got the emotional advantage in this game. Kareem Hunt is, is coming back. He's coming back loaded for bear. Uh, Sammy Watkins, you know, if, if I were Patrick Mahomes, I would just go seek out Sammy Watkins right now <laughs> and punch him in the nose because he jujued the Browns. Okay. I don't care what Baker Mayfield says on his uh, interview with us that, oh, no, no, you know, I mean, that, that was, uh, that was an act. Okay. Uh, I asked Kareem Hunt about it today and he was like, well, you know, well, we'll see what he uh, how he feels about us after the game. And that's how the Browns feel. They look at this line, this 10 point line, and they're like, okay, okay, we've got something for you, right? The other, the other imp really important thing to remember about this football game right now is Denzel Ward back, Ronnie Harrison back, and Kevin Johnson back. They have a full secondary for the first time in a long, long, long time, okay? That is going to be huge. The Kansas City Chiefs are not blowing into the playoffs like a tornado. Patrick has thrown four interceptions in his last three games. He's been sacked 10 times in, I don't know, a, a, an amount of games that I have it written down here somewhere. I would need my glasses to find it. Um, but he, he has taken most of his sacks uh, you know, sort of recently. They are fourth in the NFL with 105 penalties. Oh, it's 10 sacks in his last five games, okay? So he, if you start getting to him and you start hitting him. Now, the other thing is Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, did not practice today. He didn't practice, okay? So is Patrick Mahomes better than Baker Mayfield? Yes, he's a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. But like Doug observed earlier, Sometimes you have to think about more than the quarterback. And if, if I just go section by section, position by position, matchup by matchup, I'm seeing some things here that say to me, 
Cleveland Browns can win this game, their running game versus that run defense, their offensive line versus the Chiefs defensive line. Uh, yes. Can Patrick score at will? Definitely. Did they come back from two, from three 10 point deficits last year to get to the Super Bowl? Yes, they did. Uh, but, but I think if they're going to win it, if the Chiefs are going to win it, Patrick is going to strap that team on his back and he's going to have to be Superman. And I think he knows he's going to have to be Superman because I think he realizes that the Browns woke up and they want to go to the Super Bowl and win it. And they are coming in there with their darn hair on fire. And I believe they can do it. I, I believe that they can actually pull this off. I mean, the 90- Chiefs want to win too. The Chiefs want to win too. I know. I know the Chiefs want to win too. But they don't, they, you know, that kind of motivational stuff doesn't work for every team. That Juju, Sammy Watkins stuff and the Kareem stuff going back to play the team that cut them and all that. Kind of, it doesn't work for every team, but it works beautifully for the Browns because they have Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield thrives. He, he's a vampire getting his blood when you doubt him. This is the count us out team. And they're, they're riding the wave of nobody believes in us. Even if people start believing in them, they're going to ride that as far as they possibly can. I think it's a great point. And of course it starts with Baker, but then it spreads throughout this football team. I mean, think of Rashard Higgins story, you know, no one ever believed in him. Here he is Kareem Hunt. We know his turbulations and even, you know, playing at Toledo and whatnot. Uh, Nick Chubb, uh, you know, a a second round running back, who you know, he probably thought he was the best in that class. Um, Even like Jack Conklin, the Titans didn't pick up his, his fifth year option. You know, these, just these little slights over time. And then when you get them on game week, you know, over and over again, it's, it's really easy for, for young athletes like that who have fed off that at different points throughout their athletic career to then to not need much motivation at all to just flip the switch and go from zero to 100. And they all fuel each other. You know, it's like pouring gasoline on a small fire and it spreads. I completely am picking up what you're putting down. I think it's incredibly accurate. Yeah. I'm not there at all. I I factored that in zero to this because, um, Ohio State thought everybody doubted them and Bama rolled them. So it's like, I mean, I get it, but I think you got, I mean, I think the football, there's football stuff that stands up. And I know however much the Browns wanted it last week, the Steelers snapped the ball over their quarterback's head on the first play. And then Ben threw a maniac pick that like made no sense and spotted them 14 in the first five minutes. And then they won by nine or one by 11 or whatever it was. So like, the Chiefs aren't going to hand them a game the way the Steelers handed them a game last week. And then the defense gave up 500 passing yards and had to hold on for dear life. And everybody in the fourth quarter was waiting for the Steelers to come back. So I'm not saying I wouldn't say they got lucky. They did. They did some very good football things on top of the Steelers mistakes last week. But um, I think the emotion and that stuff like takes you so far and then you've got to find a way to win from a football standpoint. And, and I think a lot of the things Mary Kay said from the football standpoint are the things that, that you can point to and say, yeah, this offensive line, you know, I think they're going to be able to do some things. And, and I know Mary Kay, you're, you're backing up the emotion with all that kind of stuff, but I'm reluctant. I'm reluctant to hang too much on emotion because, you know, you get out there and 
Mahomes throws a 70 yard bomb to Tyreek Smith because he beats Terrence Mitchell. And then like emotion doesn't matter anymore. Now you're just trying to play football. So I think they have to match up from a football standpoint and there are enough places that they do. Absolutely. Yeah. And, but I mean that, and that's one big key for me in this too, is that people are, are, underestimating the Browns defense because they keep looking at a secondary that is minus Denzel, Ronnie, Kevin Johnson at times and, and other guys and miles Garrett. I mean, they're all going to play in this game in the same football game. The only one that they really don't have is Olivier Vernon, but miles is getting stronger week by week. And just that whole secondary coming back and and not only are they coming back in full force but the guys that had to play while all the, all those other guys were out came through and made big plays mj stewart i mean this is a scrappy we're going to prove something to you defense with they their deficiencies maybe talent wise and fundamentally they make up for it and they're going to go get that ball now i, I know I, I i might sound crazy uh, you know, with the way that I'm talking about this, but the Browns put, it just seems like they are, everything came together for them at the right time. And if Patrick, Patrick wants this, obviously, obviously Patrick and Travis Kelsey and Ty, these guys want it as much as the Browns do. But I just think there, that there might be enough places where the Browns can attack a weakness that they can pull off this upset. All right, I, I want to. There's a couple of things in here. I want to read through this chat just a little bit. Uh, we, we got about 15 minutes here. I want to make sure we get everybody out of here by about eight. Uh, Tom Murray says Baker's best uh, when people doubt him. Uh, our guy Alex says lots of Chiefs fans here in OKC. He really needs this win. Uh, a lot of folks agree that the line was ridiculous. Um, Jonathan is with you, Mary Kay. This team has a hunger that seems to really be driving them. Um, and let's see, there was something else I wanted. Something special about this team this year. And my favorite. Uh, my favorite one here, unfortunately, I can't scroll up and, and keep this up here to see the name, but whoever mentioned the uh, Mac Wilson's dog bone thing. Browns have been forcing turnovers ever since Mac Wilson got that silly dog bone thing. So uh, <laughs> so there we go. The uh, the Browns turnover chain uh, in full effect. So listen, let's go. Um, let's go with what you were saying, Mary Kay. And, and if, if anybody wants to chime in real quick, I, you know, I don't think we're going to be able to take a ton of questions here. Uh, but if you do, do have something you really want to chime in and raise that hand and, and we'll uh, we'll see if we can get to a couple. But if the Browns do win this game, if the Browns do prove Mary Kay right and win this football game, I want to ask each of you, who are we talking about after the game? Mary Kay, go first. What what Browns player are we talking about after the game if the Browns win? Hmm, that's a good one. Um Maybe Kareem. I think maybe maybe we will be talking uh, about Kareem and some of the things that he was able to do in his return to Kansas City against a against a, a very challenged run defense. Can I chime in real quick on Kareem? How how much is Kareem taken? This is like a personal thing, like kind of a lot. Is that right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Why? Like what's personal about you doing something that every team in the NFL would have cut you after you did it. And then the Browns are the ones who pick you up. He doesn't think that the chiefs were wrong to get rid of him. Does he, you know what? Well, I've, I've been thinking about this actually. I mean, it's, well, it's, so I'll, I'll I mean, it's, in. it's I'll, fraudulent. I'll in it's fraudulent. 
it's not a real thing. I mean, like the, the Chiefs did nothing wrong here. So, like, if he's mad at them, I, I have no idea. Whatever, guys motivate themselves, but I just, it, we need to be clear on that. Right, right. That's that's what I think it is. I think if Kareem is looking for something, he's kind of just looking for that, and it's not really legit. But it doesn't matter if he can find that motivation in that. That's all that matters because you're right. If what happened at the nine, if that video hadn't come out, he'd still be a Kansas City Chief, and they'd have extended him, and he'd be playing against the Browns in this game. So yeah, I mean the Chiefs didn't cut him because they didn't want him. So yeah, it's not in that regard. It's not really real now Mary Kay I know you've you've asked him about this there's a part of him that obviously watched that Chiefs team go to the Super Bowl last year and he had to watch them win the Super Bowl and he wants that for himself um, but yeah I mean this isn't this is kind of only a revenge game in the sense that if he wants to make it a revenge game but he didn't get cut because the Chiefs didn't want him right and I asked him this very question today because Patrick loves him and Travis Kelsey loves him Andy Reid loves him. I went to the Super Bowl last year and I, I walked around talking to all those chiefs. They all loved him. And I said, how are you going to work yourself up into this lather where you're, you know, where you're angry? And he said, oh, don't you worry. I can get myself there. So it doesn't matter that every team would have done that. What matters is he can use that and he will make it that that they did him wrong, even though we all know that that's really not true. They did what they had to do in that moment. But for him, I did a whole story with him last year where he talked about, you know, standing in church crying, thinking he was never going to play football again. Uh, He was, you know, last year we saw what he was like on the side of the road with the cop when he said, it hurt my soul. I mean, he will dig down deep and find another gear and another level uh, inside of himself for this football game. Okay. Uh, Doug, who are we talking about if the Browns win this game? I think we're talking about Baker. I mean, not to be obvious about it, but I mean, I think Baker has to be great for them to win. Right. I mean, I think, I I don't think Baker can be average. Yes. The run game. Yes. The Browns defense is, is about as healthy as it's been all year, but if Baker's not great, you know, if Baker's average and I don't mean to keep talking about it, but the Ohio State Alabama game is like you knew Alabama's offense was great. Justin Fields had to be great in that game for Ohio State to have a chance, and he wasn't. He was average. Now for, there are a bunch of things that came up, but he had thrown six touchdown passes against Clemson. He threw for like 180 yards and one touchdown against Alabama. So Baker has to make multiple plays. He can't turn it over. He's probably going to have to scramble and pick up a key third down somewhere. He can't miss. You know, and not that anybody's expecting him to do it, but, you know, middle of the season, you miss a guy in the end zone. He can't miss those. He's got to take advantage of every opportunity because you've got to have your offense keep up with their offense. So, yeah, the run game and the offensive line might control it, but I think if I think if if they win, this is like an elevation of Baker Mayfield in the quarterback hierarchy of the NFL. And it, it changes, I think, the arc of his career and how everybody thinks of him because right now it's a great story. He got better. Stefanski's offense makes him look good. Nice win over an old crumbling Steelers team. But this, this is like next level kind of stuff. So I think it's all Baker. Tom Murray says this is so much better than talking about who the next coach should be. So much better. And Tom, we are all with you. I've been watching these coaching searches 
and GM searches. A year ago today, we were sitting in a press conference when Kevin Stefanski was introduced, which was certainly a, a great moment for this team, but uh, it was the, the end of a very exhausting process. So yeah, we're all with you on, on that one. I, I think everybody on the Zoom call and everybody who listens to this pod will be with you on that one. Ellis, who are we talking about? Everyone listening knows I want to say Kevin Stefanski. <laughs> Just be for the sole reason that so much of the, the success of this team, I believe, is driven by scheme, excellent coaching, education of the game of football, and play calling. But I think it's going to be Jarvis Landry. I think Jarvis is going to have a, a really big game here, controlling the middle of the field, scoring, you know, just a attitude setting touchdown. He of course is the emotion of this team. I mean, yes, they get it from plenty of other places, Baker miles. So have you, but Jarvis being the leader in this sort of, I mean, gosh, we talked about the spread of David versus Goliath matchup, even though it, it shouldn't feel that way. And I don't think it is. But just him leading in that way and having it show itself on the football field, because, again, I think that the Chiefs are vulnerable there with a weaker linebacker core, some questionable safeties, who knows what they do with them. They're not going to just sit there and put Tyra Matthew on him every snap and have him shadow it. That's not how that defense works. So I think Jarvis has a real opportunity here to, again, make plays that matter on the football field, but also parlay those with just emotional receptions third down conversions and a, and a touchdown and that will be the driving force behind a, a Browns offense that remind you pro football focus rated the best run and passing unit in football and the only time that has ever happened in PFF history is this year with the Browns everyone listening I hope you understand that that's college football stuff that's high school football stuff and for that to happen at the NFL level just speaks volumes to the luxury that this team has up front to be able to control and dominate like that is something that I hope no one takes for granted because it is, it is a sight to see. And I think that results in Baker Mayfield having the time to get the ball out quickly and Jarvis Landry taking advantage of that. Robert Mays tweeted out a clip this week of Wyatt Teller. And I mean, it, lo it looked like one of those, like John Dorsey used to take us into the, the draft room after the draft and show us clips. And there, there was a, a lineman he drafted once that, um, was like a, a lower division guy. And it, this guy was just bulldozing people like past the whistle. That's what this play looked like. This looked like an Ohio state offensive lineman or an Alabama offensive lineman going against somebody from, you know, I don't know, Akron or something. No offense, and, Akron. <laughs> and Dan, you're so right. And we all know this. He's been doing that since the Bengals game in week two. And when we all saw him pull like that, and when power really became one of this team's staple runs with the right guard pulling left, it is just a sight to see. He looks again, not to use the same comparison, but he looks like he's playing against college or high school players. And this is the NFL. I mean, for a guy to move with that type of girth and size is just remarkable. He, he really probably, he, he is the second best guard in the NFL. It, it's what a remarkable climb and season for white belt. So I, I was thinking about, I was thinking about Landry. Um, I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball and there's, there's, two guys that I could go with and they're both pretty obvious, uh, but I'm going to go with miles. I think we'll be talking about miles because, you know, Patrick Mahomes is really tough. He, he's really difficult and he has this deep drop 
and he does and the thing he does he understands how to use the rules in his favor Lamar does this too he'll get to the sideline and right when a defender pulls up because he doesn't want to get flagged he'll stutter step a little bit that big run against the Titans last year is a perfect example of it uh the rules kind of helped him out there and he skirted down the sideline because the defender didn't want to get a flag and he ended up scoring a touchdown he's really smart um I think if Miles Garrett though who is fast enough that he can beat one of those tackles around the edge and get after Mahomes when he does one of those deep drops. He could come up with a strip sack or he could come up with a play where he hits Mahomes while he throws it and it turns into an interception or something like that because that's what you need to do to force a turnover in this game is do something, tip a football, pick it out of the air, and I think that starts with Miles Garrett. And, and this is the game, right? When your defensive end, number one overall pick, this is the game when he can have his moment against the defending Super Bowl champs. And I'm not saying that he absolutely has to, or it's some, you know, some like if he doesn't, then boy, what a disappointment Miles was. But I think this could be one of those games where if Miles is right and he's got that wind back, maybe this is a game where he does have kind of that Aaron Donald type of game and, and just dominates on that line of scrimmage. You know, I, oh, go ahead. I, real quick, just when they played the Texans, I wrote after that game, it felt to me a little bit like Miles in that moment was almost like a like a Kawhi Leonard defensive stopper against the quarterback. Like if Deshaun Watson's LeBron and you have like almost like a one-on-one matchup and like this is what this could be. Now, he won't have the wind helping him like they did that day. But like if this is one of those things where it's like a couple times a game, you have this incredibly athletic intelligent versatile quarterback and how do you stop him it's like oh well, we got the same version of that over here he just plays defensive end like if miles garrett is a quarterback stopper like holy moly who, who would you rather have in that role in a game like this not every play but trying to get trying to beat patrick mahomes two or three times when it really matters i went to practice today and i watched miles and miles is really getting his wind back He's getting his strength back, his power, and his explosiveness back. And he was able to do all the reps that he needed to do. A couple of weeks ago, when I would go to practice, he'd have to take a few reps off and kind of catch his breath afterwards. I did not see that today. So I do think, Dan, there's something uh, to what you're saying. And I also think that, you know, he's going to dig deep and find uh, a six game suspension and football almost being taken away from him. And uh, I think it's going to be a, a very emotional game for him as well. I think, I think this is the uh, nobody believes in us. Everybody counted us out uh, and we have everything in the world to prove crew. And, and I, I just think they're, they're ready to roll. Mary Kay's practice analysis are always spot on there. So that's, that's great Intel. I believe it. And that bodes well for how this game will start. I want to bring up one thing I'm concerned about regarding this defense, aside from all the obvious stuff, Ben Roethlisberger threw it 68 times last week. Miles Garrett played 80 plus snaps. Terrence Mitchell played all 90 snaps. I am really concerned with how this defense looks at the start of the third quarter and, you know, halfway through the fourth quarter when they're tired, when they, you know, that halftime break isn't that long, you know, when they've gone a whole half with the chiefs and where's that win, where's that conditioning. It's not going to be because they don't have it because I'm sure this team is, you know, conditioned well and ready to go just because of how grueling the Steelers game was and how many reps they had to play. I wonder if that's just something that they won't be able to, 
not overcome, but it's just going to be like, wow, this defense is exhausted. Okay. Uh, Hayden, why don't you bring us home here with a question and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap after this. All right. So I'm not, I'm not trying to judge up ahead. I know we're playing the chiefs, but if the, if the Browns do play, if they do win this game, you do look ahead. Who would you rather play, Buffalo or Baltimore? Because I, I know who I'm, I'm picking right now. I'm picking Bob Buffalo because I really don't want want to have to guard a Lamar Jackson. He seems like he is on a mission to prove all these people wrong that say he can't win, win a playoff game. He can't take, take a team to the Super Bowl. But I would want, want, want to go to Bob Buffalo right now. What world are we in? We are Damn, in a we were world where we're I love t- it. We are I like, love it. We're, we're at the, if they beat Kansas City, who do we want the Browns to face in the AFC Championship game world? I love it. Wait a minute, Doug. Wow. Now, now is not the time to jump off the bandwagon. <laughs> no. I, I, I mean, I, this, I mean, I picked him to go 10 and 6 and win a playoff game. I, I've, this has all been coming. It's, and I wrote a couple weeks ago that this doesn't have to be the tiny step. This could be the big step. Right. But. I will say this. It's an interesting point Hayden makes. It's one of those things. It's like, well, if we're going to have the who doesn't believe in us battle, I mean, Lamar, Josh Allen, and Baker might have to fight it out to decide who is believed in the least. Because the (laughs) only person that anybody believes in is Patrick Mahomes. If you think think the Browns are going to beat Kansas City, you have to be prepared for the idea that you think the Browns can win the Super Bowl. Because I don't know who the best team in the NFC is. And I know the bills are hot, but that's where you have to be. And it doesn't mean that they're, you know, okay. So they play a games they could win. I get it. It's tough, but this is the best team they're going to play. I mean, I know people think Buffalo is really good, but that's where we have to be. If you think this is possible, you think anything is possible. And I'm not saying it's not, but that's where we are. So I'm going to take, I'm going to take a swing at this and, for the Browns fans out there to avoid any sort of jinx, I'm going to turn this into an AFC North conversation rather than a who they may play in the future conversation. I think that Lamar Jackson just absolutely carves this defense up, isn't scared of it in the slightest, knows that he can get whatever he wants. And that couldn't have been more evident than the Monday night football game. He didn't play a snap in that fourth quarter until he came back after that whole locker room thing. And the first time he touched the ball, they went 40 yards and scored this guy knows he can get whatever he wants against the Browns defense. So as I'm shifting this into an AFC North conversation, it is going to be fascinating to see how Andrew Barry builds this defense. Cause I am confident that he sees that guy and knows, you know, he's not worried about the Steelers. They're not worried about, you know, Joe, no disrespect to Joe Burrow at all, but stopping Joe Burrow is much more of a scheme thing than it is a drafting athletes type of thing proposition. And these next two years, these draft picks all have to be focused on, of course, keep make sure the offense stays the great engine it is, but all assets into solving Lamar Jackson, or he's going to be a problem for a long, long time. Mary Kay, are you going to take this question on? Um, <laughs> I don't, I, it's a tough question. I, I honestly, I've thought about this. I have absolutely thought about this. And I actually think it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. I, I think it's kind of an equal proposition. I, I think both teams are, are equally tough. Um, 
I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Who, who do I think they could beat? Who, who do they match up better against? Um, maybe Baltimore. Maybe Baltimore. Alex is not having this conversation. No. <laughs> Wait till we, we're giving Andy Reid bulletin board material. Did you hear the Orange and Brown Talk podcast? They spent the whole last segment looking past the Chiefs. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to give you the really safe answer here. I want it to be Buffalo because if it's Buffalo, I can wake up Sunday morning, get in my car, drive to the game. I don't have to, don't That's have cool. to travel on Saturday. <laughs> no make a no three hour trip on Sunday morning, unless it's some sort of snowstorm. So for my own selfish purposes, if the Browns do beat the Kansas city chiefs, I, I would rather than play Buffalo because I'm a selfish, I am a selfish person. And I would like to just be able to wake up Sunday morning and drive to the game. How far is that drive? About three hours. Dan, you love the road. That's too much for me. Well, you can't fly to Buffalo. <laughs> Alice is going to take a helicopter. He's going to get a private chopper. We'll figure something out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that, that'll do it. Thanks, everybody, for jumping on to uh, our live pick spot here. This was a lot of fun. Glad we were able to do this. And, of course, look, if the Browns do beat Kansas City and play Buffalo and I'm planning my drive next Sunday, uh, we'll do this again. We'll do our picks pod live uh for those of you on the zoom this does not apply to you but if you go back and listen to this uh on the pod later we're gonna have uh uh blair kirkhoff on to preview the kansas city chiefs um right after this segment following the break so for everybody who jumped on the zoom call for ellis mary Kay, and doug we appreciate you guys listening we certainly appreciate all of you subscribing if you're not subscribed check out football insider cleveland.com slash browns the blue banner at the top of the page we now welcome on Blair Kirkhoff to the podcast, uh, reporter for the Kansas City Star, covers the Chiefs. Blair, how are you? Doing great. Hope you guys are too. Yeah, we're doing great. You know, I'm going to dive right in with, because it was such a Juju Smith-Schuster kind of Steelers game, I'm going to jump right in with uh, the remark that, that Sammy Watkins made on Twitter. And I don't know if it became any kind of a deal in Kansas City whatsoever. Uh, but when he was asked about the Browns and the competition, that they might bring competition, and he said, I wouldn't go that far, LOL. So just wondering, did that get any legs in Kansas city or was that sort of just a nothing thing there? Yeah, not much here. Um, I think it would be different if locker rooms were open, right. And we could, we can go into locker rooms each day. And uh, we, and and, and Sammy was one of those guys that uh, he would hold courts in his locker. So the cameras would have been on him the day after that Mm -hmm. happened, but without that, and you know, no chance to talk to him this week, he wasn't made available on uh, a zoom call he, he was out he's been out with an injury for the, the the two days we've had an injury report so even that precludes him from talking to the media as well so it, it didn't kick up much of a fuss we we aggregated it here and it did okay audience wise but just you know not the type of thing I, and I, look I, I thought the juju smith schuster thing was was really you know silly and um uh, but i could see where that would fire up a team and fire up a locker room, especially, especially Steelers Browns. You know, you, there, there's a difference between Steelers Browns and Chiefs and Browns, right? Uh, so uh, we'll see, but whatever, hey, whatever a team needs or whatever a player needs to get himself emotionally ready for a game, that's, uh, that, that, it's all fair game to me. Mm-hmm. So now looking at the Chiefs situation, obviously they had to buy in the first round uh, and really gave a lot of guys week 17 off. 
Is there any concern with this team? We have seen them start slow at times. And of course we all remember their run last year, all those 10 point deficits that they, they came from behind on 10 points and more. Um, is there any concern that there could be some rust uh, coming into this game? It's been part of the conversation here, especially as you say, being down double digits in each of their three playoff games last year um, and having to, having to rally back in, in both the AFC games, they were, they had taken the lead by halftime after being down what 24, nothing to the Texans and 10, nothing to the Titans and Super Bowl. It was down 10 in the fourth quarter and coming back to win. So yeah, that's, that has been a, a, a conversation piece here. Don't, you don't want to get off to a slow start against the Browns because they have the ability to, to control the clock with their running game, with their, with their two fantastic running backs and that offensive line. So yeah, uh, we're talking to Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Tyron Matthew, those guys this week. All of them mentioned it. All of them said it's, it's just imperative to get off to a good start this year. In terms of, of the offense, obviously we, we know everything about Patrick for the most part. Uh, but, you know, I've been looking over a few stats and it looks like uh, Pat, Patrick has been sacked 10 times in the last how many ever games. He's taken some hits. Um, and I saw that Clyde did not practice today. He was a DNP today. So just wondering, uh, tell us a little bit about where their offense stands. You know, it, it almost doesn't seem like they are rolling into the playoffs uh, on a hot streak. No, you're right. Uh, the, the Mahomes and the offense's worst quarter of the season was the last quarter, right? The final, the final handful of games, the regular season, the last um uh, the, the last game that the starters played was a 17 to 14 victory over the lowly Atlanta Falcons. And Atlanta did some things defensively in that game that bothered the chiefs uh, for the chiefs to score 17 points in a game. That's somewhat unheard of. I mean, the week before they went to new Orleans and scored 32 on the saints. So um, yeah, that's a, that is an issue here in Kansas city. And people are wondering, did the, you know, given the starters, the, the, the game off against the chargers in week 17, then having the open week, Will that uh, help, uh, you know, the, will the rest help the team or will there be some rust and that they haven't been able to shake because of the way the offense performed in, in, in spots those last uh, three or four regular season games? Now, keep in mind that, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes had four picks in those last uh, four games, three or four games. He had three of them in one game uh, down in Miami. And one of them was an incredible play by Xavier Howard, the, the great cornerback who might be the defensive uh, player of the year in the NFL, but a couple of them where he was unlucky with the, with deflected passes. So uh, I, I don't know. He's, he's a confident player, just like Baker is They're They're so confident. Um, I, I, they're, they're not, I know the chiefs aren't going into this game thinking there's something wrong with the offense. I think they're, they're looking forward to the opportunity to, um, to, to stretch their legs a little bit and, and, uh, and, and I, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm expecting a pretty high scoring game on Sunday. Yeah, for sure. And, and one of the things Browns fans are looking at, of course, is, is that Chiefs run defense um, going against Nick Chubb and, of course, Kareem Hunt, who, who you guys know well in, in Kansas City. Uh, how can the Browns exploit that run defense? And, you know, is, is, it, is it as shaky as, as the numbers say it is? Well, just where is the, you know, the offense has had their issues in the last few games. The, the, the opposite is true. The Chiefs run defense. They've actually played well in, the, in the, the, the latter part of the season, which is similar to what happened last year with the Chiefs when they, uh, 
the, the offense sort of stayed consistently good throughout 2019, but then it was the defense that improved at the end that really got him over the hump and got him a Super Bowl victory. The Chiefs' run defense, if you look, they, they haven't uh, – I, I think it's six of the last seven or seven of the last eight games – they've held opposing teams to under 100 yards rushing. So, And some of those, including the Saints with Alvin Clara, they've stopped some pretty good running back. What they tend to do is get into shootout games. And so, you know, you're, you're going against Drew Brees, you're going against Matt Ryan, you're going against some of the better quarterbacks in the league, and, and, and the running game doesn't become a factor. I think teams have made a mistake over the years going away from the run against the Chiefs. Even when they're behind, I think teams should still be able to think about running the ball and, and, and burning clock. And we'll see if the Browns do that on, on Sunday. They certainly have the, the ability to do that. And again, I, I with as impressed as I am with Chubb and, and we all know about Kareem Hunt here, that, that, that Browns offensive line is what I think should worry the Chiefs more than anything. Mm-hmm. And another thing I think that people might be underestimating about the Browns, you know, they look and they see, you know, Ben gave up, uh, Ben threw for 501 yards in that game. Um, and Mason Rudolph hit, hit a lot of big plays, but they did not have two of their best defensive backs, actually three of their best defensive backs. And those three players are going to be back for this game. Denzel Ward, Kevin Johnson, and Ronnie Harrison, who only played 11 snaps last week. So it's a different secondary. And I think people kind of tend to look at this and think, oh, Patrick's just going to have his way with this Browns defense. And I, I think it's guess again. Well, I, I tell you what, I, Roethlisberger did put up big yardage numbers. And, and part of that was because they had to throw the ball so often so early and you know, being down as big as they were. In a normal game, Roethlisberger wouldn't have had that sort of production, I, I don't think, against the Browns. But look, Denzel Ward, I've, I've always been impressed with him. I, I think he's a terrific player. Loved him in college and um, and, and, and uh, he, he's a, he can make a difference for sure. Um, look, Mahomes is uh, – there's a reason why he's in the, in the conversation for, for MVP. I don't, I don't think he'll win it. I think Aaron Rodgers will be the MVP. But th- Mahomes had his best season this year, better than his MVP season in 2018 and better than his 2019 year when he led the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. He, goes, he was smarter – he, um, you know, he, he's got his, his usual array, array of weapons. Um, he doesn't make the mistakes that he made when he was two years ago, his first full year as a starter here. So I, I, I think that, I, I think the Chiefs will be able, listen, I do think that, I think the Browns are going to be able to run the ball on the Chiefs. And I think the Chiefs are going to be able to throw the ball on, on the Browns. I just think it's a matter of who gets touchdowns and who gets field goals out of this? I, I really do. I, I just think you're going to see something of a shootout, if not a shootout, a lot of yards in this game, a lot of first downs, and who could, who who's the better defense in the red zone, and and who can stop, uh, you know, who can stop each other from from getting into the end zone. So I, I think we're all kind of on the same page in in this being a game with a lot of yards, potentially a lot of points. So I, I guess to answer your questions, who who do you think in the end? Uh, will come out on top in this. Well, I, p- I picked the Chiefs. I mean, I, I picked them by about the, the the Vegas line. I think I picked 35-24. But the, the reason I, I, I feel this way, I, I think I would have picked the Chiefs against any opponent in this game. And I'm going to pick them who – and if the Chiefs win, I'll pick them to win the AFC Championship game because something the Chiefs did after winning the Super Bowl, they they didn't get fat and happy. Um, they, they didn't – first of all, they didn't have the opportunity to celebrate like most teams do because in mid-March the world shut down. And – they didn't get to take the victory lap or the victory tour. So I think that helped them stay focused. 
And the other thing is they made these decisions in the offseason to bring this team back. I mean, they, they could have let players like Chris Jones walk and a couple of other guys who, who had the opportunity. They re-signed them because they saw the opportunity to win a second straight Super Bowl or at least get to a second straight Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, there was a time when about two or three months after the season, when you looked at the starters for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, 20 of them were, were coming back. Now, They've lost since then Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, the offensive guard who opted out to, uh, to, to practice medicine uh, in, in Canada. And they lost Damian Williams, the running back, who could have been the MVP of the Super Bowl last year. He opted out as well. And so they did lose a couple of players along the way. But for the most part, this is the team that won the Super Bowl last year. And I think they have never lost sight of that throughout the season. They didn't. They were uneven at the end of the year, didn't play their best ball at the end of the year, but I don't know. Maybe they were just looking for, looking ahead to, to this time of year. I just think this is a team that's 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 loaded and, and, and ready to go into the postseason. Do you expect the uh, running back? Do you expect Clyde to play this game? I don't know. I, I did yesterday when he was <laughs> when he was a limited practice participant. Then to hold him out today, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's Andy Reid and the Chiefs playing games with the injury report. That never happens, right? <laughs> uh, uh, so I, I think tomorrow's the key, right? I mean, that's we'll know for sure tomorrow, Friday afternoon. But Le'Veon Bell, not a bad substitute. He's had a couple of really nice games in a Chiefs uniform. I, I do think that uh, the, who, if, it's not Le, if it's not Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who's had a nice season as, as a rookie running back, Le'Veon Bell can carry the load. And they have another running back, Darrell Williams. Nobody knows who he is. He doesn't get a lot of publicity, not a, not a lot of run. He's a, ter- he's, he's a solid running back. He's their third down back, and um, he's somebody to, to, to keep an eye on if, if uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire doesn't go. Okay, he is Blair Kirkhoff. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. It's just at Blair Kirkhoff. Uh, check out his work. And, of course, he will be covering the Chiefs on Sunday, as will uh, Mary Kay and I when the Browns take on the Chiefs. Uh, Blair, appreciate you taking the time. Good talking to you guys. Thanks so much.